0: producer dude here we go again another podcast are you sick of this yet no these are easy i don't have to leave home for this kind oh nice nice and i don't have to see you exactly it's kind of nice so here's what we do i've got craig lewis lined up some people know him he owns Erie outfitters been in the tackle business for a long time i don't even know how he got into it so that'll be an interesting thing and i've known him for a very long time probably pushing 20 years um any rate, he is one of the guys that co-founded the Fall
1: Brawl. Now you know about the Fall Brawl. I do. My cousin would skip family functions uh, and anger my uncle and aunt, and just be gone for these family functions because well, Fall Brawl.
0: Yeah. Well, it's even worse now because what we're going to talk about. There was a little bit of a falling out or what have you. But long and the short of it is, there's. Craig is, has started a new deal, and it's called the Walleye Slam. So the long and short of it, now basically guys are fishing for multiple boats. So it's almost like a double down. So I'm pretty sure your family events are going to get smaller is <laughs> what I'm getting at. So um, I'm sure you'll have some things and make sure to keep us on track. But let's bring Craig in because he's a busy guy. He runs a little tackle shop there, like I said. And he it's very difficult to get him to sneak away. So I feel fortunate that he's going to do this sometime.
1: Craig, thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you doing today?
0: We're doing good. We had a late night of fishing. We were trying to dodge systems there yesterday and had a group that couldn't get in until later and we had a couple hours and fortunately made it happen.
1: But uh, That's a good thing. Uh, With the fishing yeah. right now, all you need is a few hours.
0: Some some days, that's, that's definitely the case at early and late bite. Even last night, uh, not to digress too much, but, you know, it was like, Just before dark, it was way better. I mean, it's kind of like that morning bite, you know, and before then there was junk fish and and stuff mixed in and then they just, it went all just crazy. I mean, we had four boards out and four fish on a couple times and pandemonium for the boys, but.
1: Good problem.
0: Fishing is what we're going to talk about, but we're going to go probably a different direction. Some people, you know, I've known you a long time. I've known you as a tackle shop owner. Um, You know, people have known you as a, we'll call it a fall derby guy and maybe that's part of what we're gonna talk about here. So, um, but before we get into all that other stuff and the craziness of the the fishing business, I wanna know how you got into the tackles business because while I've known you a long time, I honestly don't know that myself.
1: Well, it's actually a goofy road. When I was uh, young, I started tying flies and tying jigs and one day had the idea to see if I could sell them to some tackle stores and so, About 30 years ago, I started a little company and we manufactured steelhead flies and uh, micro jigs and they took off. And before you knew it, I had yarn drying on every lampshade, jig heads in my ovens, uh, feathers hanging everywhere. And I knew it was time to either do something bigger with it or, um, you know, close it up. So the concept came, let's turn it into a shop. So Turned it into a shop and here I'm still doing it. It's either, uh, I think I'm just too stupid to quit.
0: Well, I always say if you're smart enough to do what we do, you shouldn't be so dumb to do it. But <laughs>
1: yes. but still here at it today. So it's it's been a fun ride. I started with a real little shop and uh, literally probably 24 stinger spoons, a half a dozen crankbaits. And when I sold those, I bought, you know. Three dozen spoons and 24 crankbaits, and then six dozen spoons and 30 crankbaits. And uh, shortly after, I added rods and reels, and um, here we are. So it's been a long ride, but it's been a lot of fun. Made some great friends, and I got to experience a lot of things I wouldn't have got to experience not owning a shop. So, so.
0: So tell me, I mean, for a guy that's been there doing this long enough, there's a lot of guys, you know, in the fishing business or really any industry and they've been doing something and they think like they're almost pioneers. Right. And they haven't even been through a generation. So uh-huh. you've been through, <laughs> you've been through the pre-internet era. So when you wanted something, right. I mean, I can remember even as a kid, you know, there was only a couple uh, you know, like box stores of company a, and now, you know, this seems like they're on every corner. Um, there's just a lot more options to get tackle. so how has that really changed for you because when you've got internet stuff you got box stores on every corner the, the i'm gonna call you a mom and pop, you know pro shop like that's changed right
1: well it's changed a lot over the years i mean the internet's added good and bad things it's easy to get out there and show people what you have now um as well as information. And I think that's really what's made us different is, you know, you can buy a Dipsy anywhere, but how you put it on your rod, as simple as it may seem to some people, if you've never done it, um, it's important and they need to see how, and they come to a shop like ours as well as many others, because we're hands-on. It's not just, here's our stuff, buy it. Um, you know, they get to come in, they get to learn a little bit, take that knowledge, go out and catch a couple fish. And ultimately that brings them back to our store as well. I mean, we have relationships with our customers. Uh, I'm three generations in with some families, you know, grandpa came in to get worms. Dad came in because he wanted to troll. Now junior comes in because he ultimately wants to fish head to head or FLW or the local LEWT, um, or just go hang out on the pier. So, you know, it's a little bit different of a situation than walking into a box store or ordering something online. Everybody has their place and that's where mom and pop stores became it's the, the place to go to actually see how to do something, not just buy an item.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, <laughs> It does occur, but realistically, live bait isn't a great deal. And I know we're using less and less of it, but I mean, you know, I still like using night crawlers and, uh, you know, in minnows at certain times of the year, especially at springtime. And, you know, that doesn't work too well with uh, with other uh, avenues of getting
1: tackled. Yeah, you're not going online and ordering a dozen minnows. So.
0: No, I know it's... Uh, It's kind of in a different way. You know, I work with a company, Fish USA, and they've kind of specialized in, you know, carrying all this stuff, but, you know, getting custom colors and things too, and trying not to be that typical box store. And, you know, in a different way, that's what you do.
1: Well, and that's the other thing. Uh, You know, we deal with a lot of small local companies, um, or not just local, but small companies from Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, certain specialty items that you're not going to see in those box stores. And sometimes as well, you know, you're not going to see them online because, you know, um, Dan pulls up a pickup truck and you buy what you want from him and uh, he's off onto the races. You know, you're never going to see those specialty items in in any of those other places. And that's really unique about – you know, mom and pop shops too. When I go on trips, I stop at other mom and pop shops because they're ultimately going to have things that I don't have because they deal with different people in their neighborhood or their circle to buy certain products that, you know, aren't even available to me. So it's, you know, I love going to other bait stores and a lot of people find that strange. And a lot of even other shop owners look shocked when I walk in and, and buy a couple of items because it's just something I don't have in my store. And I'm a fisherman too. So just like you, I like to collect things that sometimes don't even make it in the water, but they seemed really cool when I was standing in front of it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I know Scott uh, Stecker, he always says that you got to catch two things and the first one has a wallet. So
1: <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's been so many things have changed. I mean, we've seen the fishery change, um, you know, limits change, uh, even the types of baits that uh, we use. I mean, I remember when custom walleye blades, First of all, they were hard to find. Nobody made them. We had them on our store. I think the first year we put up custom walleye blades, well, Chip, as you know, from Silver Streak, he thought I was nuts because we sold, I don't know, like a hundred of them. It seemed like a big waste of time. Three years later, you know, he's painting 18 hours a day and we can't keep them on the shelf and we offer 172 colors and Jeez. you know, since then we've moved into the crankbait era. And uh, we've seen the big, biggest comeback of a bait that I've ever seen is Spoons for years. I mean, it. Uh, they were the mainstay. They disappeared for a while, and now we're right back to Spoons. So we, we've seen things come and go over time. And, uh, you know, the innovations in the fishing business, the quality of the baits, the availability of colors, that's exciting for us, too, as, as shop owners, not only for our customers. Because, you know, like I said, most of us are fishermen. So we enjoy it as much as the customer does.
0: You know, the thing that surprised me as a kid, you know, using the small spoons, what are they, roughly two inches, whatever, like a Silver Street Junior. And now I'm using actually a lot of times the bigger one, the mini, rather it's to keep junk fish off a little bit or junk fish being nine to 12 inch walleyes or 13 inch walleyes, you know, (laughs) kind of too. But that's, when I was young and we were pulling spoons, if you put a bigger size spoon on, your catch rate was zero. And I don't know if that's got to do with, you know, we had a lot more emerald shiners then that forage base was smaller because it wasn't even a small fish thing. Like we, we had pretty good, you know, average size fish, but I don't know if you kind of experienced the same thing when you went from the, like this to that, it was the difference between catching a bunch and very little.
1: Well, it's funny how that happens too, because we've seen it go back and forth over the years. I mean, uh, three years ago, we sold way more small ones than we sold big ones this year. It's all big. I mean, it's 50 to 1. Um, And what's even crazier about it, if you would have asked me three years ago, would it be 50 to 1? I would have said, no, you know, the small one's the way to go. Um, I'm sure it'll cycle through again at some point when the bait or forage changes, like you said, and we've, we've seen that phenomenal with crankbaits too. I mean, this year, more people are requesting small crankbaits than uh, I've ever seen before. As you know, the flicker phenomenon that happened this year, the boogie shed, all types of small baits are coming back into play, which is weird because we're all running big spoons, but we're running small crankbaits. So. Um, sometimes I guess it's just what the fish want or it's what the anglers are comfortable running. And, you know, as well as I do, if everybody ran small spoons, everything would be caught on small spoons. So a lot of times I wonder if it's us or if it's the fish, either way, uh, you know, when I'm on the water, I'm, I'm duplicating what you guys do because, you know, I've watched and found out, Hey, that works. I'm going to do it. So I don't have time to recreate the wheel.
0: I, I've told this story a million times when I used to mate as a – I still was in high school for a guy. And, you know, the guy said, all we could catch them on was gold nuggets. You know, it's going back quite a ways. And you look in the rocket launcher and these guys that are casting, of course, anybody that maybe is from around this area, and you know, they got 14, 15 rods or whatever in the rocket launcher and every one of them was a gold nugget. And I'm like, hey, did you guys throw anything else? You know, you, you can only catch them with what you put in the water, right? But, uh, you know, the, the Fisher really has changed. You know, the, the chrome crankbaits, I'm sure you could, you're probably the best guy to ask because people can lie to me or on a forum or something or say they did the own thing, but sales are sales. So, I mean, the chrome, the, the chrome stuff, I don't care what brand you're using um, or foil finishes, like on the Bagley's, I got some of those that I like. That that has made a big, big difference.
1: Oh, it's uh, it's funny we talk about how things recycle when, When I started casting for night walleye off the shore, when I was a young man, um, if you could find a blue chrome Husky jerk, you had like the magic lure. Here we are again, it doesn't matter what brand you buy. Blue chrome is the number one seller. uh, Things just come back, they go away, they come back. Uh, It's funny you say gold nuggets. When I ordered them two years ago, I said, I can't believe I'm putting these back on my shelf. Here they are still on the shelf today, still selling and still catching walleyes. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, guys does have to revert it back. To talk about the Husky Jerk, a funny kind of story. I was in high school, and I, was, I used to travel with Gary Roach, the Mr. Walleye. And he was with Rapala back then, and they had, like, literally, it was like a mini little briefcase, and they had numbers on all these things, and it's now what we know as, as the Husky Jerk. And uh, let's just say I swiped a few of those. This is, I don't know, 90, <laughs> so, 90 something. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll get them back to you. And I almost felt like I was cheating. Like I was trolling. They were like, I think HJ 12s and 14s, the shallow ones at night out there. And then of course, like you say, casting from shore uh, a little bit later on. And I am not going to say I was the first guy to have them on Lake Erie, but I think I was pretty darn close because, you know, I had like one of five different colors and that was it. And man, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this thing's going to catch them. And, I don't do as well on them as I used to for whatever reason, but there was a long period of time where that was that was the deal.
1: Yeah, it's uh, even guys, as you know, there's a, a bandit phenomenon. Most guys who you talk to, they're like, oh, that new bait. And they don't realize that bandit's been around for 20 years. Uh, one of my best, and I remember this distinctively, in 1989, my best single night bait was a rippling red fin and black and chrome they probably vanished nobody asked for them and here we are you know 15 years 20 years later actually a little longer than that if you do the math they're back and everybody's running them behind dipsies. so uh even what guys consider new baits are really old
0: baits how do you see these things changing for your shop I mean to keep up with things with the internet and all that good stuff
1: well really right now I think Not only the mom and pop stores, your corner stores, your online stores, everything's really, everybody has to change. Um, We don't have a choice with what's going on. um, You and I touched briefly on it yesterday. Um, You know, guys walk into stores, it doesn't matter if it's mine, if it's a box store, if it's somebody else's, and they can't find a number one black Dipsy, And they don't realize that they're just not available. Um, This COVID thing, the shipping thing, the employee thing. Everybody's got a different thing to overcome. You know, the spoon and uh, blade guys, like we talked about, they used to be able, and even rod holder companies, they used to be able to send their stuff out. And seven to 10 days, they'd all have it back. It would be ready to paint or ready to assemble. Now some of them are 18 weeks out, 22 weeks out. You really have to plan ahead um, we used to be able to run our store basically once a week. Get on the phone, place all our orders. Everything comes in next week. We sell everything. We get on the phone. Now we're planning. Companies are asking us to plan our orders for next year and the year after. Right now, with what uh, COVID's done to these companies, they can't tell us when we're going to have rods, when we're going to have reels, when we're going to have dipsies. Um, it, it's had to change for everybody, and quite honestly. I see it getting worse before it gets better. Um, Companies are getting further and further behind. Um, It's not their fault. It's just like your tackle store owner. When you go in there and you want something, he doesn't have it. We'd all love to have fully stocked shelves with everything everybody needs. Right now, that's almost impossible. Even uh, as we touched base on yesterday, which are online stores, you go in and there's certain things that are just out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And there's no timeline on when they're going to be back. So right now, I think a lot of bait stores like my own, I, I mean, I don't want to call it survival mode because I don't, you know, I don't think we're at that level yet, but I will say things have had to change for all of us. Uh, and it's changed really quick. I mean, this spring started out, uh, the most different kind of year I've ever had. Um, You you no longer call and get what you ask for. You call and you get what's available. And uh, a lot of us have added stuff to our stores just to fill shelf space, stuff that we've never sold before. A lot of them are working out really well, and a lot of them are filling space on the wall. So I think it's a little different for everybody right now. And um, with all the shops you frequent and the stores you're associated with, I'm sure you're seeing that as well.
0: Well, we could talk about tackle stuff all day, but the elephant in the room that if I didn't bring it up, you know, people would be like, what are you doing is uh, talking about, you know, the the fall derby stuff. And specifically anybody that doesn't know, maybe people know you from that and not the tackle side of the world, but um, you know, the fall brawl, you were one of the co-founders of that. About what, 10 years ago-ish, something
1: like that. Um, It's actually been like 13. uh, It actually started before with fish crazy and spring fling and it's evolved over time, but I've been the way station for them for like 13 years now um to just cut to the chase this past year uh the fall brawl decided uh or made a business decision that it wanted to increase its value and they thought by going to a box store which is cabela's um that that would do it and so i got left out um at the time like anybody else it was crushing uh I really was hesitant about doing anything else and, you know, uh, other opportunities had walked through the door and I I really weighed them all. And, um, you know, I said, ultimately, uh, I got to make a decision here. Am I going to sit in the background? Am I going to watch or am I going to do something? Uh, The right pieces came together. Um, There were certain requirements that had to go along with this that made me willing to do it. Uh, it's a ton of work, it's a ton of work for the brawl and now the walleye slam. It's a ton of work. Um, there's a lot of time that goes into it. Um, and I said, it really has to be good for the shop. You know, it has to be good for the angler and just my personal attitude and the way I treat things is that in five years, could I have the biggest, uh, Derby, the biggest walleye competition in the country. And, uh, I said, I can do this. So, uh, the pieces came together and we started the Walleye Slam. Um, the brawl now is with Cabela's. The slam runs out of my store. Uh, we have Erie Marine Sales, National Fishing Expo, uh, Hook and Drag is on board. And uh, I think we've really created something special here. And uh, I really believe in five years we'll have the biggest derby in, the, in not only the Great Lakes, but in the country for walleye. So I'm uh, pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I can imagine that was kind of a crushing deal. And sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say it or the timing of things and what have you. But um, realistically, I think you probably take those, you know, 12, 13 years or whatever that was, you know, experience. And I've already seen a few little changes in there. There's probably most people wouldn't even recognize it, but I think it makes it more angler friendly. Um, you know, I, I can just tell you why a lot of people I know, they're they're weighing and fish super early in the morning, super late at night. Um, that's a big deal, you know, and that's, I, I can't even imagine there's not much sleep for you in that 60 days or whatever, 45 days that, that that derby is. And somebody that's listened to this that doesn't understand what's going on, I guess, breaking this down a little bit. The fall brawl originally was a tournament that had just a few hundred people. Now it's got tens of thousands in it. It's basically a one fish, big fish derby. And I'll let you kind of take it from there. But, you know, what, 40 some days long, weigh your one biggest fish. And- yeah, it
1: actually wrote, it runs over six weeks. Um, you have to be entered before the start date. Um, it's $35. Uh, the prizes this year will be divided up amongst the top ten. And we've added other prizes along the way. And there'll be some really unique proprietary stuff that comes out for the slam this year that nobody's seen before. I I think people will really enjoy it. Um, You can weigh as many fish as you want through the period of six weeks. Your biggest fish always stays on the board. Um, Pretty exciting time of year. Everybody's out there. This year we're giving away a 238 with a 400 mercury for first place uh, 15 horse kicker or ants electronics, uh, really cool boat. I mean, but let's face it, you're being handed, uh, you know, a hundred plus thousand dollars. Um, pretty exciting, pretty exciting. So it, uh, it's pretty simple. We ask you to follow, you know, state law. Um, obviously you have to be in it. You have to have a fishing license. Um, you know, we do have a sportsman clause, you know, you can't be out there mistreating each other or anything like that, but uh, uh, I think it's going to be just a, another great event, something, uh, you know, and for guys that are coming from out of town, uh, hopefully they enter both. I mean, what an opportunity to, to own a 622 and a 238 uh, on a $35 price, or it would be $70 for both of them, would uh, be pretty darn exciting.
0: I mean, a guy I, – I mean, most realistically, some person is going to win two boats with approximately a quarter-million-dollar value for one big fish, you know, and, and you don't have to be Al Linder or – I mean, this it, there's a little bit of luck that goes into this, let's be honest.
1: Let me tell you, it's a lot of luck. The stories that I could tell you about our past winners, I mean, we've literally had people that have fished for an hour and a half and won. We've had uh, – one of, the, one of the most touching weigh-ins I can remember, and this is a really unique situation, and it goes for a, you know, a dad who didn't quite read the rules, but he was out with his son and he caught a big fish. Uh, they brought it into weigh, and everybody in the shop was freaking out because here's a young man, you know, seven, eight years old, had just weighed in the second biggest fish in the derby. Well, his dad had knelt down next to the kid to tell him, you know, hey, if you win this $500, you, we're going to take half of it. We're going to put it in a college fund. The other fund, half you can spend on you and your brother. And one of the guys was like, hey, man, you got to go tell them. And I'm like, okay. And I walk over to him and I, I said, sir, um, they're only put in the kids division if they don't win a prize in the adult division. Right now, he's not looking at winning 500 He's looking at winning 62000 and he just broke down and started crying. His son couldn't understand it. He was happy. He got a free t-shirt and a hat and really didn't quite grasp what was going on. It can literally happen to anybody at any time. This wasn't, we all, uh, this wasn't Gary, was it? Yes, it was. Um, he didn't realize at first that they only won the kids prize if you weren't in the adult division. So, um, uh, just crazy to watch right there and you know the lands are when I get to know a lot of families I get that real personal contact with people and I don't think I'll ever forget that it was just seeing uh, and of course he ultimately ended up in third place and won a big prize it was 40 something thousand but um, those are the things that make this special and make all the extra work you know worth it so it, you really never know who's going to win it uh, we all like to think we're big fish gurus and we're that guy, but some guy on the pier could make one cast and win this thing. And that's what makes it so exciting. You don't have to be a pro. You don't have to fish every day. Obviously the more time you put into it, the better your chances, but the reality of it is it's that one lure behind that one board or that one cast off of one of the local piers, is going to win this thing. And that's really exciting.
0: And and I think, My take on this is, you know, I've spent, obviously, as a full-time guide, a lot of time on the water and running quite a few lines. And it's just a lot of people, I'm caught in a a catch-22, and I'm I'm sure you can relate to this. When we get, let's say, a seven, seven seven-and-a-half-pound fish in the boat, guys start calling that 10 pounds. And I'm going to let another little cat out of the bag. It's probably not real. really a ton of <laughs> those. <laughs> I, it's not real smart for me to say this, but again, you, you think about, forget the Derby for a second. As a guide, you get a guy, from, maybe he's from Wisconsin, Iowa or something. Their bodies of water have very few of those, if any, of that caliber fish, right? Seven pound fish is a nice fish. I mean, most cases out here right now, you're going to win, <laughs> you're going to win tournaments, even on the Great Lake Erie. you're going to win derbies with a limited those. Now back, you know, there was a period where that wasn't the case, but long story short, you know, what do you do when you get a guy in there and he's calling that 10 and you don't want to crush his dreams, but I just, you know, I usually tell him like eh, maybe a little, little less than that because here's a guy who's just going nuts. Right. And, but I've learned that I have to be very political with it because you'll have a guy that then will take that fish afterwards to, I don't know, Maybe it's a fish cleaning place or the the grocery store because he wants that official weight on that. And then they come back, they're fishing with me the next day and like, Hey, do you know that fish weighed seven three? I'm like, yeah, I told your buddy Bob. (laughs) Bob looks over. is like, yeah, that's That's what he told me. I said, well, you were really insistent that it was 10 pounds. And I said, well, you know, I said it probably not quite that much. And it's the same thing probably with the brawl from the standpoint of obviously people weighing a lot of fish that you go. Okay.
1: Okay. (laughs) Right. I mean, But that's the unique thing about the brawl, and I'll, I'll tell you another story real quick. And Fish means certain things to certain people, and this little story is what taught me. You never know who's bringing the fish in and why they're bringing it in. Um, a lot of people want to just have their picture taken. Uh, they want to show their families that they're out there fishing and they're having success, which is great, and that's a big part of the brawl or the slam, Um you know, people want to be recognized to catch a fish. They put in the time and the effort. Well, and this was years back. I had a little old man and a little old lady and they called, they wanted to know what time the waste station was open to. And I told them and didn't think much of it. And right before close, uh, a little old man, a little old woman come walking in the store and they've got that normal little red cooler that somebody bought at Dollar General for 999. And, they are so excited and I recognize their voices from the phone call. They're like, we got it. We got it. And I'm like, awesome. You know, I figured, little old man, little old woman, they're they're not gonna um, you know, BS me. And I uh, set the cooler down, I get the scale ready, and I open this cooler, and they're behind me, and I look down and I'm like, and I'm gonna shatter their dreams. This really sucks. And I'm like, but I got to do it. So I reach in the cooler, and I pull it out and I set it on the scale and I'm like, it's eight pounds, two ounces. And I hear from behind me, this little old woman never would expect it to come out of her mouth, a really explicit word. And yes. And I turn around and they are hugging each other and high-fiving. And the guy says to me, we've been fishing on this lake our whole lives, and that's the biggest walleye we ever caught. They were so happy. And one minute ago, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to break their dreams. And as it turned out, we made it. Everything's perspective. So it doesn't matter who walks in the door with a fish. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes we're busy. It's a two-pound walleye or it's a four-pound walleye. But every fish means something to somebody a little bit different. And I try to, you know, every time I get a little frustrated with it, I try to think back about that little old man and that little old woman, put a smile on my face and, and weigh that fish, even though I know it's not a winner. It, to them, it might be a winner. So
0: Everything it, everything's perspective.
1: Yeah. It, uh, but, you know, lesson learned right there on that moment. Every fish is special. So um, we weigh in a lot of fish. I know we're going to weigh in a lot of fish this year. Um, we have a really unique thing going on with the live leaderboard this year. Um, you may weigh in a 27 uh, ranked fish and, and you may win a kick butt prize. Um, we've had sponsors step up and want to sponsor fish 100. Um, so it's not just that this this slam will not be just about catching the biggest fish It'll also be about just catching fish for a lot of people and uh, being rewarded for it.
0: That's super smart because, you know, like in uh, Wisconsin, I can't remember, I think it's called Battle on Bago. It's, I think, the biggest walleye term. They have like 10,000 people or something go out in one day. And first place, the the biggest fish doesn't win the biggest prize. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I mean, they've heard about this. They pick a random number, and the reason is, and it's kind of a different deal, and maybe I think we're going to have to go to this elephant in the room too, but to, to curb the cheating. Because you know, anytime you get some ego and some money and some guys together in the room with fish and stuff, unfortunately there's cheating. And and so if you catch a twelve pounder and that's the biggest fish in this in that battle on bait or whatever, that doesn't really I think that's don't quote me, but I think that's the name of it. That's that doesn't matter. Like it may be fifth that they, they like do a drawing for like fifth place. So fifth so you can't predict. You just gotta to right. go catch catch the best fish you can. And it, it, it lays out where it lays out. But a lot more people, you know, that realize, hey, I'm not some pro or I'm not a full-time guide. Like, I'm just going out there to have fun, which I think is important. And I think that'll be good with the, with the walleye slam, because I think people really lose their perspective. Um, unfortunately, you know, again, not to be negative here, but realistically, you know, I'll have people that pull up at me in the parking lot and be like, hey, I'm fishing the brawl. And I'm sure they'll say it now, too. I'm fishing the walleye slam. So I'm going to follow you around all day, dude, just so you know. Cause I'm not I'm here, or people that literally I've had them cut me off to the point like, oh my God, we are gonna literally impact each other, like just do a hard turn because they see I have a few fish on. And they're like, well, I'm fishing do- the brawl, bro. I'm fishing the brawl, man. And I'm like, dude, what what are you doing?
1: Well, first off, if I knew that following you would win me it, I'd have done it already. <laughs> number one. But uh, I, I hear what you're saying and I know where you're going with it. Unfortunately, well, I- unfortunately, uh you know, I'd always use this rationale. If you go out in the public, you you pick 10 people, you got seven really good ones. You got one that you don't want to know. You got one that belongs in prison and you got one. We're not even going to talk about in the walleye world. (laughs) (laughs) Choosing my words wisely here, but in the walleye world, it's no different. Unfortunately, many people have realized over the years, we've caught a lot of cheaters and it's why, uh, We will continue in the slam to lie detector the the leaders. Um, The random ones, obviously we're not going to lie detector because it's completely random and we don't have to worry about how they ended up there. But uh, we've seen it all. We've seen everything from loading fish to somebody else's fish to buying fish to stuffing fish to – And I don't want to go into a lot, and you know a lot of these stories, you're familiar with the world. We actually found out some of the newer ways of cheating from other tournament circuits and things. And I don't really want to go into how they're doing it, because I'd be educating people on how to do it. But cheating has gotten state-of-the-art anymore. Uh, Guys are smart about it, unfortunately. Uh, That's why we have to lie detector everybody. And
0: and I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to tell you something only to educate you. So really no ego in this one, but at least twice i've had what would have been the quote-unquote winning fish you know on a guide trip okay so everyone that's out there if you're entering i don't care if it's the fall brawl the wall i slam everyone in the boat must be in the derby because i had a group where literally one of the guys sat there and everyone's high-fiving because we know you get we had fish in the teens like scaled on the teens like and that's not going to guarantee a win but chances are you're going to be up there pretty good. I mean, a real thirteen pounder, there just isn't that many of them. is that fair? I mean,
1: that's fair to say, absolutely.
0: So when you get one in the boat and you're down to a week or so less, I mean, again, crazy things can happen. But you're kind of like, hey, we're, we're, I'm feeling pretty good about this. And when everybody but one guy is high fiving in your boat, I've learned that that means that guy didn't sign up because I've had it <laughs> twice now. And and the funny thing is, is you know, I get guys you know to talking about the the change of this seven eight nine ten years ago it was it wasn't the same deal now when you've got the money you have involved and then ultimately boats in the last few years i have people calling me saying hey i know we've been fishing with you for 15 years but you better be signed up for you know the fall brawl you better be signed up for now i'm already hearing it with the walleye slam because we're in it like the whole group's like hey we're in because they, they know the rules and they want to, you know, partake in that. And, you know, it's good for, it's good for a lot of guide businesses as well, especially guys that, you know, try to target bigger fish. uh, Like I try to do, um, you know, many times in the season and don't be left out.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I think that completely by accident, we'd all love to predict it. The Lake Erie fishery that we have, People traveling here to experience it at the rate they are now, I think is greater than it's ever been. You have an event going on that they can get involved in. Um, It's really lined up that uh, makes these things exciting uh, and makes it worthwhile for people to enter. Um, For a group of guys, you know, it's common now. We we've had already, I think we've got 12 different States represented in our signups for the slam Um, If the border opens, I'm sure we're going to have Canadians um, join as well. This fishery is what's really made this happen. Um, If the fishery wasn't great, let's face it, we wouldn't have the signups that we have, and we wouldn't have the prizes that we have. And a lot of people do question why do we make sure everybody on the boat is in. Well, nobody would sign up if not just the captain, and then we wouldn't have any prize money. So it's not that we want to be mean about it. The reason that we have a date that you have to sign up by and why you have to be signed up by the event it is just that reason uh, to generate big prizes and make this exciting for the people that were in it. If one out of six people signed up, there would be – one sixth of the prize money so everybody unfortunately on the boat does have to be in and it's a great point you made and I'm glad you made it and I've seen it over the years so many times where three guys go out and they're convinced everybody on the boat's in it and they catch that fish and the number three guy has to break it to their buddies that he didn't spend that 35 bucks to get in and uh it's happened I mean, to you twice. It's happened to you twice. You wouldn't imagine how many times it's happened. So it's well it's tell time. your friends if you're coming here fishing, get in and don't pretend because Mother Nature has karma.
0: It's it's happened even more than that because in some other years what would not have been a winning fish, but would have been a pay fish of some type. Because these guys, I mean, they follow this stuff like the stock market, man. I get guys in my boat and they're like, Hey, 11-2 choose leading, just so you know captain here, you know, <laughs> captain. but, but, it, but it's okay because if you get a 10.75, we're still in the money right now. Uh, so just so you know, here's where we're at. And so these guys are following it, but it, it's, I, I've had multiple times where you know, we've had fish that, you know, w- was up there or at least would have done something for them. And again, one guy didn't get it. I mean, I've got two guys in particular that <laughs> are literally, I don't know if I'd say ended friendships but severely strained or much different because a guy like one, one good example is I had a father and son that fished with me quite a bit. The son didn't sign up. The dad was livid. It's funny story. Livid with the son, you know, he's like $30 I'm paying for this fishing trip. You know? And, and when I say son, I mean, he was college age kid. <laughs> and so at any rate, so the dad brings one of his other fishing buddies. That's one of those times we had a giant on or, you know, in the boat. And the other guy's like quiet. And he looks at him, he's like, hey, Bob, um, yeah, I didn't sign up. I never thought we'd catch a big one. He's like, I didn't get it in time, but I just wanted to go on the free trip with you. Wow. <laughs> Those guys like severely strained relationship, I can tell you. Yeah,
1: that. I, I imagine. Cause...
0: Because he's like, dude, I, my son didn't go on this because of he's like, you know, I'm not going on this trip. Just, you know, like, but if we're going to go, we might as well spend an extra 30 bucks. And, you know, I don't know
1: well the prize money anymore and not that it's an excuse and not that i would ever like to think that you know something like this would would strain a friendship but let's face it the prize money even for a fifth place or an eighth place or a fourth place or a third place is you know you're not going to retire but it's it's change your life money uh you know really uh going to help with the the kids tuition it's, It it might help getting the uh, daughter or first car. Um, you know, it might help do some of those repairs or upgrade the electronics on your boat. You always wanted to do, but really chose your family first and couldn't do. Um, the money's gotten real. And, um, unfortunately, sometimes that makes people act, um, in ways they shouldn't, but throughout the, the, nicest there.
0: thing I've ever heard. Before.
1: That's <laughs> a, you should be a politician
0: with that phrase. But, the, uh, but in
1: all reality, um, there's only so many winners and there's thousands of people that have a good time doing this. So, you know, you got to keep it in perspective and, uh, you know, let's face it, four guys going out on a trip with Ross Robinson is a lot of fun, but even catching a fish, let's say that's three ounces out of the money is a memory that they're going to have. For, you know, they almost – and they're going to brag about that for the rest. It probably, it probably brings them back more than if they did. Right. It, uh, so It So – and then, well, and that's right. It, because fishing, a lot of it is ego-driven, there are guys that sign up because they are convinced every year they're winning, and they're going to redeem themselves from the year before. But fishing that's what's is really, ego-driven.
0: I'll tell you that. Fishing with Ross.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for
0: and, producer, dude. You went like 53 minutes without my chops. And he said that fishing
1: with Ross was fun. <laughs>
0: so that, not if, right not there, if you're so. producer.
1: Not if you're producer, dude. He's a whooping boy. Oh. But it is, it's really cool. And, it had, and, you know, for a lot of people um, when we started this, just like why people fish it, we start it for a lot of reasons. Was an, at the end of these things, I've had other bait stores send me fruit baskets. Um, this really does benefit the communities here along the lake shore. The tackle shops that used to close uh, stay open now for the duration of the, the, the slam or the brawl. It's changed their business. It's given them a reason to be open. The motel room got people in it. The Airbnb's got people in it. Um, sure. um, and it's been going on so long. It, it's funny. Guys will come to town just for these events. And they walk in the store like it was just yesterday. They were here and they're like, hey, Craig, we're back. Um, they come here just for this. <clears throat> and it's really good for you know, we could go down the list of bait stores. we go down the list of businesses. We have, you know, the local gas stations, the restaurants. Um, this has became a really big deal for a lot of these small communities around the lake. And you live in one, you participate in one, or, you know, you live around them. To have an extra 10,000 people come into Urine uh, in the fall, to come into Lorraine in the fall, to come to, to, to my little town to Sheffield Lake in the fall, it means a lot the people that live in the communities that may not even fish look forward to these because they know there's going to be an increase of in business. Um, a lot of guys look forward to it because they know the professionals are coming to town for this and they'll get their opportunity to, to say hi to Mike Hanson or, or say hi to Max Wilson. Um, it's, this has really started to benefit a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And the fun and all those benefits really outweigh the shenanigans that we've had over the years. So I'm really looking forward to putting on another event. and I, I have no reason to believe it. it's not going to be the biggest one there is uh, in the next five years. Very, so pretty exciting.
0: We could talk about walleye tournaments and tackle all day long. Unfortunately, i got to let you get back to selling the stuff. But leave us with one tip, maybe, that you think could give somebody – whether it's understanding a rule or the fishing end of it, so that if, you know, there's thousands of people that are going to get in both these uh, these derbies, that you, as the guy that's weighed every fish up until this point, feel like, hey, people should know
1: this. Well, we've touched base on a few things. First of all, make sure you and all your friends are signed up. Second of all, one of the things that I see that would be a tip-wise, and I see it every year, care of the fish once you get it. If you really get a fish that you believe is on that board anywhere, or you just want to show off a good looking fish to your family in front of our walleye slam board, get that fish buried in ice as soon as possible. Get the ice up in the gills, uh, shut that fish's defense mechanism down right away, um, People put live wells in boats to keep fish alive. They don't necessarily keep them. Put live wells in boats to keep them the heaviest possible. As you know, this when you drain your live well, it's amongst any other people, or you throw a fish in a cooler full of water and that fish is still alive. Once you take the fish out and you drain that, that last three inches of water is full of slime. That's that fish trying to protect itself. It's excreting excre- uh excreting it through its skin as a defense mechanism, you get that fish under ice and you shut that down, that stays in the fish. Liquid is weight. Weight is how you win. So to stick it in a live well, drive around for six hours, you are losing weight. Every minute it goes by to put it in a cooler full of water while it's alive. You are losing weight every hour that goes by. My recommendation, especially on a boat, even if you don't do it with all your fish, but you get that one winning fish, have a bag of ice and a cooler there, roll that fish upside down, fill its gills with ice, shut that fish's defense mechanism down so it keeps all the weight in that fish. When you get to the shop, we're, of course, going to clean the ice out of it. We're going to make sure it's prepared for the scale, and we're going to put it on. But caring for that fish is really important because, let's face it, one ounce, two ounce could be a $50,000 decision. That's so amazing. for the cost of a bag of ice, what's a bag of ice? Dollar fifty for 50 grand. I'll carry one on my boat every single night that I'm fishing the, the wall I So that's my so, tip.
0: I like that tip. Now here's one question off of this that I was actually thinking about uh, in the last few years. So let's say I have that fish. Is it legal for me to zip tie its mouth shut? and then cut that when I take it to weigh in it.
1: It is, but what most people don't realize is we clean the mouths out. So if your fish spits up a shad or a perch, you can't just stick it back in the mouth. We're going to pull it out of its mouth. If you're keeping it alive, it's not really caring for the fish anyway. It's going to throw up and it's going to blow it out its gills or it's going to be lodged in the mouth. So it is legal. But not really the way you want to take care of that fish. Like I said, the only reason you'd be zip tying it is because you're putting it alive well and you don't want it to spit up. My suggestion is shut that fish down right away and it won't spit up. We don't throw up when we're dead. <laughs> um, if that makes There's sense.
0: There's your tip. That that tip right there could win somebody a new boat or two.
1: Yes, sir, it could.
0: Craig, I want to thank you for giving us a bunch of your time because I know it's very valuable. you got to get back to that shop and, and man it up there. But thanks, everybody, for tuning into to the Big Water Podcast, hey. this and more. Producer dude, what are we at? Bigwaterfishing.com. I should know my own website, right?
1: Instagram. Bigwaterfishing.com, Stitcher,
0: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And Instagram and YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. Big Water Fishing. Again, Craig, thank you very much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Folks, we are out. We are going to go prep for catching the Walleye Slam winner.